Before we start our show, uh, just real quick, I wanted to give a, a shout out to one of our close show friends, Logan. He's having some some difficulties he's been dealing with, uh, just life situations that are very hard to deal with. Uh, and so I just wanted to kind of reach out and say if everyone could kind of keep Logan and his family, including Joanne Bell and their thoughts and prayers, if that's your sort of thing. Sometimes just knowing people who are thinking about you helps get through some difficult times. Anyway, speaking of difficult times, on to this episode of Retrovaniacs. Another amazing episode of Retrovaniacs. As always, I'm Jeremy Parmentier here with Billy Holiday. Hey guys. And Jeremy Gregory. Hello there. And uh, we're going to be doing a patron request this week, one that I guarantee everyone on this podcast absolutely love playing Destiny of an Emperor for the Nintendo. <laughs> but before we get into that, it's been a while since we've actually talked mm. about what we've been playing. Mm. I, I have an update I'd like to make uh, at the start of the show. You know, we, we did Deus Ex as our last full episode, and I hadn't finished yeah. it. I have continued and finished the game so i did play all the mm. way through it uh, my mm. opinions did not change so if you're holding off on playing deus ex waiting for my opinion yeah, uh, right. it's exactly the same it, it holds up through the end i actually think it picks up again towards the end there were some slow parts there but uh, I, I rather enjoyed the end of the game um also in our last bonus show we talked about gwent and i said oh even i never made it out of the intro area of uh of, of The Witcher 3, and I am now in the second area of The Witcher 3, you know, going oh, through yeah. actual story quests, yeah. getting my butt kicked by a lot of things I shouldn't be fighting. They have red skulls on their mm -hmm. names, but I'm mm -hmm. I'm enjoying myself, and I'm not just playing Gwent, although I have found uh, a lot more Gwent than I expected, because the first area, there's really, like, one guy. And uh, when you get the second area, though, it's like every shopkeeper you can probably play Gwent with, and that's fine with me. I'm down. So uh, a lot of Gwent still, but I am moving through the story, and... Uh, and I do have to say, I'm I'm enjoying it as much as I thought I would. But Billy, what have you been playing? You know, I oh my god, I found myself back knee deep in Old Red Dead Two, and I don't know how it happened. Uh, you know, I got that new Xbox, so I, I try to get games that I think are going to look good and fancy on the TV, and it does. It's a beautiful game. Um, but you know what that means? That means more hours spent at the old Valentine Saloon playing fucking poker. Um, there, there's been a lot of that, a whole lot of that. I've been also playing Ark, uh, which has been out for a while, but I, I just recently um, learned about it. And yeah, I'm, I'm not a big one for these survival games. These whole, you know, sit you down, you don't have anything, you need to craft, you need to build. Um, this one, uh, I don't know. It, it, it checks a strange number of boxes with me that a lot of other of these survival games do not. Uh, maybe because there's dinosaurs. Hey, dinosaurs, you get them involved, I can overlook a lot of things. Uh, but it's it's been a lot of fun, and I've actually put probably more time into it than I have any other game of its of its sort. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, between those two, that is, that's really comprised, um, the majority of my time. What about you, Jeremy? I know you're, you're just chomping at the bit to talk about Destiny of Emperor, but is there anything you've been playing you think is worth mentioning? Uh, I really haven't been playing too much lately. That's because it looks like February is going to have literally every game this year coming out. Uh, I, I know the new Pokemon game just came out. Arceus, Acre, whatever that is. I, I think people are excited about that. Did either of you get that? I did not, but I, I firmly plan to. I actually want to grab a, grab a physical copy of it. It's the only reason I haven't, because I am working in a small-ass town that does not have anywhere to grab a physical copy. So I think this weekend is going to be uh, going to be my time to kick it off. Yeah, my, my kids are interested. I'm sure I'll get it at some point, but I'm not really a Pokemon guy. We've, we've got some Pokemon Sword. I've never even started it. I'm not either, but, but like this one actually looks like it does things a little bit different. Like it has like this kind of open world and it's, it's not as, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it doesn't follow that same exact formula that every Pokemon game has followed for like the last 20 years. So... I could almost get interested in that. But yeah, February, uh, man, we got like Dying Light 2 coming out. I love the first yeah. Dying Light. Yeah. Um, got the new Horizon coming out. Super excited about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, new Destiny expansion. I actually started playing Destiny 2 again to catch up because I, I fell off there for a while when I was playing mm-hmm. Final Fantasy 14 as my full-time job. Mm-hmm. And uh, a couple other things, I think, coming out this month uh, as well. So I, I've got a lot coming up. Not really playing too much right now besides just getting getting up to date on Destiny 2. And, and that is mm-hmm. a game on its own. Because <laughs> you're playing your damn oh, self yeah. if, you're, if you're doing that. Uh, but I'm always excited for some new Destiny to come out. And this one, this one looks pretty cool. Well, then I'm sure you're very excited that we're going to spend the next half an hour or so talking about Destiny of an Emperor for the no, Nintendo yeah, Entertainment um, System, a patron request. What about... Um... Tell me about this new Destiny 2 well, DLC. It's the Wrath of the Witch Queen. And, yeah. Uh, it yeah. Takes place. Looks neat. Looks you can do like weapon crafting now. So as I mentioned at the start of the show, this is a patron request. Uh, this was picked for us by Steve V, who's here now. So welcome to the show. Glad to be here. Uh, so you picked for the NES Destiny of an Emperor, uh, a game that none of us had played before. I was aware of it, but had not played it. Is this something you had when you were a kid, or is this something you found later? It is. It is actually something I had as a kid. Um, I actually have a maybe only interesting to me story of how I got it. Um, it was one of the ones that I, I saw at the video store. I was a big RPG fan, and I, I rented it um, a few times. And this video store actually would sometimes put a sticker on the box if it was available for sale. And I actually... I told my mom once, if we ever see that sticker, we should we should buy it. Um, so every time I went to the store, I looked for that sticker, and I never saw it. And then one Christmas, I was opening presents, and lo and behold, there was the exact copy from the video store. So, you know, in my in my kid mind, I don't know what magic my mom pulled off, but um, <laughs> I was just shocked to see it there that Christmas, and and really happy because I was a big fan of that game at the time. Yeah, I, I wish my local video store did that. They did it at Blockbuster, but that was so big that they only got some of the major releases. Uh, I remember my local video store when I was a kid that would get games. That's how I played a lot of games I wouldn't find at the store out in the middle of nowhere, which is where I grew up. So that, that's pretty cool as a, a neat way to get a game. Um, you mentioned you were a fan of the previous NES RPGs. I was as well. And for some reason, there weren't a ton of them on the NES. I mean, it seemed like it at the time, but compared to now, when there's a million RPGs you can play, there really weren't that many. So I don't know how I never played this, because I liked 
you know, the, the Dragon Warrior slash Dragon Quest. I like Final Fantasy. I liked even like games like Hydelide, which isn't very good. I played all those games because I liked them so much. So somehow I'm shocked that I never played this one. Um, yeah, I feel very fortunate to have found it. I mean, it's, you know, and, and one of the reasons I, I, I had asked for it was because it wasn't one of those games you were, you were going to see at Toys R Us, right? Um, but agreed, I played Final Fantasy, the original Dragon Warrior, even Ultimate Exodus, which in my, my opinion wasn't a great game, but it was it scratched that itch a bit. But yeah, that was one of the downsides was there wasn't a lot of games like that at the time. Yeah, I also like the Ultima series. I had them on Commodore 64 for, for Ultima 3, which was that one. And then I ended up playing the next game, Quest of the Avatar, on the NES, which was really good. If you didn't play that one, I would say check that one out. This game is based loosely on a manga based on uh, the Romance of the Three Kingdoms you know, storyline, right? The, the historical wars in China, which is the same thing that the, the Koei games, Romance of the Three Kingdoms, was based on. Were you a fan of those games at all? No, I, I mean, I knew of their existence, um, you know, Romance of Three Kingdoms and, and ones like those. And I remember seeing those in the store, but for some reason, those never kind of, you know, piqued my interest um, like this. This was a little bit of a, you know, aberration that I saw this one and I saw the other ones. And I was like, oh, that one doesn't seem as interesting to me. So no, this is kind of the only one I really got into. Well, and, and it's, those are totally different. Like we, we covered uh, Gemfire, I guess. That was one that's similar to those Koei games, but they're a lot more resource management. It's a lot less... Um, I mean, it's strategy, but it's a slower strategy game, right? This, if you just look at the description of it and even look at some of the combat, you think, oh no, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. This looks like it's that same kind of game where I've got to worry about resources because you do have resources to worry about in this. You have to have food and other stuff, but it's not, it's not that resource heavy. I really like that it does really boil down to more of a, of that Dragon Warrior Final Fantasy style combat, but wrapped in this package that makes it look more like uh, <laughs> Romance of the Three Kingdoms and, and Koei strategy games, which is a neat combo, but it does explain probably why I hadn't put a lot of thought into this uh, until you requested it, because it is, uh, knowing my thoughts on the Koei games and just that I'm, I don't think I'm smart enough to play them, essentially, <laughs> this was a nice, uh, a nice surprise that it wasn't that heavy into things that weren't straight combat and party building. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's 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 attractive, you know, it's got those classic RPG, mixed in, like you said, a little bit of, a little bit of the strategy, and a little bit of the, uh, you know, the resource management, and things like that, so it's, it's, it's a bit of a hybrid, but it definitely leans more on the, the classic RPG side. Were there any mechanics this game has, specifically, you think it makes it stand out against other RPGs of the era? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the main thing that really attracted me was the, the ability to really recruit so many, you know, generals, um, you know, and you see that, you know, later in games like Suikoden, right, where, you know, it's neat to be able to have all these people in your party. And, and I think that was one thing for this game was that there's so many options and it's it's a great way to build up strength early is to to beat someone and recruit them to your side and then put them in your party. And they've got all these these hit points or armies. Um, you know, I think that was the big thing that really attracted me to it. You know, coming from games like Dragon Warrior, where you had one hero and, and Final Fantasy, you had a four person party that was the whole game. This had over 100. I've seen different different estimates how many recruitable members there are, but it's definitely, you know, in the 100 to 200 range, I think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely over 100 because I guess you can max out at 70 that you can recruit before you have to start letting them go uh, out to the field again. And, and we're going to discuss that uh, when we get to the, the, the game itself with, with Billy and Jeremy. But I did think that was also a really cool kind of, especially for the time, a really cool uh, mark on this game that you could find, you know, the people you're fighting can join you for the most part, uh, which is pretty cool. Sounds like you enjoyed it, which I'm glad. I mean, I think there's, it's definitely a game that has, has some flaws and some faults. Um, but I think there's a lot of those, those interesting mechanics. And, and again, to your point at the time um, that really make it a, a worthwhile game, an interesting game. 
Well, Steve, again, thank you for bringing this game to our attention. Uh, we're going to let you know what all three of us think about the game. But before we end our interview, is there anywhere people can find you on the internet? If if anybody's interested, I'm a I'm a actually a recreational skydiver, and I I edit some some videos of some of my jumps. If anyone's interested, you view those. I have a Vimeo page um, at vimeo.com/slash/stevevig. So S-T-E-V-E-V-I-G. Well, excellent. Yeah, we'll we'll put that in the comments for the podcast as well, so people want to check that out. It's easier to find. So let's see what Jeremy and Billy also had to think. Thank you. Have a great weekend. one was just okay to me i don't i don't like ice planets so i didn't really get into it but this one looks like it's bringing a lot i'd be interested in talking about this for maybe the next 30 minutes or so well jeremy seems intent on on talking about uh the non-destiny game so let's uh let's indulge him okay so as i just mentioned in our interview with our patron steve uh, who requested this game I had never played this before somehow, despite that I love old RPGs. I know I may be the only one on this podcast that likes these old 8-bit stodgy RPGs, so I'm assuming neither of you had played this before. Oh, no. Um, there would have been nothing about this that, that would have grabbed me, you know, in, in the video store or anywhere else. Um, this was decidedly, well, and I think we've documented it pretty well at this point. Not, not my jam when it comes to games. And I've mentioned several times before, I think the last time that we covered uh, an 8-bit RPG on here, that I didn't actually get into RPGs until 16-bit and the Super NES and stuff like that. So anything before that is, uh, I don't know, it it comes off as archaic to me, I guess. Now this isn't, as you might be able to guess, me and Billy, we are not really into these older 8-bit RPGs. No. Now, I don't want to sit here and say this entire podcast that it's a bad game, because I that's, don't think it is. Um, that was my think, plan, though. I know that's your plan. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad game. It's just not for me. So I am yeah, not going yeah. to sit here yeah. this entire podcast and just wreck all over this game, because I know the Patreon really likes it. What was his name? Steve V. Steve, thanks for bringing this one on. We're probably going to shit on it a lot, but... It's a, it's got some neat stuff in it, and I want to say just out right now that I don't think it's a bad RPG or bad game at whatsoever. It just came out in a time that I wasn't playing RPGs, and a lot of this stuff comes off as as very just like, wow, why isn't this better? Why why isn't this yeah. the way that I know how things should be? So, so um, this, this don't get a, the wrong this, idea. It's a courteous shitting. <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be on this one. All right. I the the last eight bit RPG we did. I think I spent the entire fucking show just being like, man, I wish this was on the Super NES. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't want to be like that this time. So, yeah, I'll, I'm going to talk about the things I like and all yeah. that stuff. But, I, again, not, not necessarily my thing, uh, so don't take it the wrong way. But Jer- I know for a fact that Jeremy loves this shit, just like you yeah, said. I do. Uh, yeah. So he's got more than enough to say about this. I'm, I think pages and pages of notes that will not be mentioned on this podcast. No. But he took them and... Uh, we oh, bless his heart. It's you know this is the kind of game that uh, I can see why if I would have had it as a kid I would have you know at first been ter- like kind of turned off by it because there's a lot to get over to really get into this game. First off, uh, Destiny of Emperor is an eight bit classic RPG like a 
like a dragon warrior or like an early Final Fantasy, but it doesn't look like it. Uh, from just based on the, the art on the back of the box, the way that the combat looks, the sheer numbers that you're dealing with, uh, as far as as what ends up being effectively your health, but is supposed to represent a size of an army, makes it look like you're going to be playing something like Romance of the Three Kingdoms or Nobunaga's Ambition, these Koei strategy games that I really suck at and have never been good at and have always liked like the concept of, but I just, I'm like, I'm too dumb to play them. Gemfire is the closest I came to get, you know, figuring one out, and it turns out I just don't like those games at all. So I... Just from the get-go, this was a, a a game that would have been hard for me to get into. It is. Uh, it came out in 1989 in Japan and 1990 in the U.S. I'm surprised it came out in the U.S. because it's based on the Three Kingdoms period of Chinese history. So from 220 to 280 A.D., roughly, uh, when three warring factions basically fought over China until eventually, you know, one took over and became the next dynasty. That's the same story that the Romance of the Three Kingdoms is based on as well. And this is actually based on a series of manga called... Tenchi Wo Kurao, uh, which I was translates according to Wikipedia to The Devouring of Heaven and Earth. And it's just a, a dramatization uh, of, of this war following this, this warlord and his like companions as they, they try to unite China. It's the same way, uh, not as goofy, but the same way as if someone said, hey, North and South is based on the Civil War. Like, sure, it kind of is, but it's not really a realistic uh, look at what happened. But it's still, it still, it has all this history and it has all these you know places and names, uh, which is like another thing to get over. And even though I like this game, I have a lot of notes to make sure I remembered the name of every city, the name of every general that I had, uh, anyone I was supposed to know as a contact, because everything is Chinese as far as the names go. And so it's very, very difficult to tell apart, you know, to tell where you're supposed to go uh, because it's also an early 8-bit RPG. So there's not an overworld map that you know, can highlight each city for you, which would be very helpful. Didn't exist at this time. There's not a map in the book that lays out here's where every city is. You just have to know the names of these cities, and then in the game, there's directions where it's like, oh, go back to Li Zhao. And you're like, where the hell is Li Zhao? <laughs> and you have to end up going back through all your cities you can try to, to warp to, because there's like a city warp you can use, or literally just wander the map and talking to someone in each town to see what the name of that town is. So I ended up writing out everyone everywhere, everything, because there's a lot that I couldn't differentiate, because a lot of the names are also very, very similar. Um, in the same way that I'm sure if you're not a native English speaker, all these English cities sound very similar. Uh, all these Chinese uh, temples and cities and castles all have very similar names, very hard to tell apart. It is a slow game in many ways. Uh, one, and, and this is a complaint I have, but at the same time, a lot of these old games have it. Because it's an old 8-bit RPG, there's random encounters. But the encounter rate in this game is obscene. I felt like sometimes I would walk two blocks and have a fight, and one block and have a fight, and one block and have a fight. And it would take me forever to get from one end of a road to the other end of the road where another temple or whatever is to go to. It, I felt like the, the random encounter rate on this game is really, really high. Oh, yeah. Uh, inordinately high. Uh, if any game could benefit from the uh, the kind of the modern day remakes, where they, or not remakes, but just uh, versions where they let you uh, skip battles or, or lessen the, the likelihood, that would be nice. Uh, they are, yes, quite often on this, and I, I don't like the way it's presented um, at all. Um, you know, I, I'm used to... Times I have played these, you know, you get the screen where it shows your two parties, you know, squaring off, maybe with a little background to it, or you just get a background in the enemies, and it's kind of a first-person thing. Ah, it's it's real, it's ugly. I think it's real ugly. I think it looks like a fucking football scrimmage, more than a more than a battle or more than a fight. Um, I I just I found it very jarring at first. 
it's it is like the, just the amount of battles that that take place is just insane and i'm sure we'll get to it but thank god there was the all out button there for you know otherwise i i don't know if you could have ever made it through this game because just the it has to be like once every 2 or 3 seconds there is you were going to get into a battle and billy's right just the way it looks if i would have seen this on the back of an nes box i'd be like well they missed the background where'd it go you know it's just there were certain things that I, I expected to see in an RPG when I got into them. Um, but yeah, this, it's a little bit jarring whenever you go into it, and it's just a black screen there. You got your your guys lined up. Now, I did find it interesting with what they're actually, how they're representing this battle. Uh, because instead of just, uh, you know, you've, you've got your, your guys lined up in your party, and you got the enemy party over here lined up as well. But it's supposed to represent entire armies going to battle right uh, so it's and the the uh, the numbers that you see aren't actually your your health points it's the number of people or soldiers that you have in each character's individual army that's fighting the other individual armies on the enemy side so like i i was kind of like i was like that's neat that's a neat way of doing it but the way it's presented is the most simplistic way that if it it's one step away from just not even having any graphics. It's just like numbers on a screen with names or something. Mm -hmm. There's nothing there to indicate <laughs> what's happening or what you're doing or these armies, that you, this epic battle that's happening. And I, that's something that I, again, being a more visual person, I've mentioned this millions of times during this podcast, I need something to stimulate my brain yeah. when I'm doing this stuff. And just seeing white text on a black background with characters that do not animate whatsoever. Uh, it is, uh, it, it's kind of hard for me to, to keep my attention on that one. It's, it reminds me of, you ever see really little kids play with action figures, the fights where they just kind of slam them into each other. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just with no, no articulation in the movements, nothing like that. Just fucking slam the two things together. And, and that's, and one falls down. And once one is still standing and there you go. And it's like, I, I know we're in the eight bit days, but I, I still don't feel like with what we've seen, you know, from, from other eight bit RPGs, I don't feel like I'm asking for too much. I mean, this I is say, Capcom. Holy fuck. Give us a little more. Yeah. It's Capcom. They should be able to give us a background, you know, something. This mm -hmm. is a fairly linear game as it goes. You know, it's not yeah. like, there is an open world map, but it's, you know, you're going from place to place in a fairly linear fashion. So, you know, they could have at least thrown in a few here and just some basic forest backgrounds, desert backgrounds, something, yeah. anything there. I know the NES was capable of that. I played Final Fantasy, but it's just, it's so plain and bare as to what's happening there. And it just, I was like, really? This is what this is meant to actually be representing? Okay, it's the NES. I don't want to sound like a, a complete asshole here, but uh, I just, at least Billy gets where I'm coming from. I don't know if that bothers yeah, you. At no, all, no, I, I need, look, it's not a genre game that I'm very excited about to begin with. Um, so kind of what, I, I need you to give me something. And anytime I see a fight taking place on just a black background, uh, you, you're not, you're not helping me. And, you know, I mean, maybe some people can let this pass. Um, I, I just can't. I need I need all the presentation points you can give me for a game like this. 
it is jarring. It didn't bother me, but that's one of the things I used to like about these old RPGs. Like when we did Fantasy Star, it's like the fun is seeing one the just the graphics in the in the combats and how they're going to do it, but also seeing what you're going to fight. You know, in most of these games, mm-hmm. you fight a, a a whole like army of different you know demons and dragons and all these really cool monsters just to see like oh man I fought this guy I didn't even know what it looked like you know sometimes it's goofy sometimes it's it's not but it's always neat to see what it's going to be. This game, not only is it just a solid black background where you have soldiers on the left and soldiers on the right, you always only fight soldiers. You're never going to fight crazy dragons. You're not going to fight an army of wolves. You're only going to fight, you know, battle to battle, which is why it feels more like a strategy game in in what they were aiming to to kind of get across. Like like Jeremy had mentioned, you know, your your health, what you'd consider to be your health in a game like this, is actually the size of men in your army. So it serves two purposes. Not only is it your health, because once you have no men left in your army, you're considered knocked out, but the larger amount of men you have, the more damage you're going to do. There are several factors that determine how much damage you do. It's not just how much men you have, but, for example, if you're fighting against a guy that has 100 soldiers and you only have 10 soldiers, you're never going to do more than, like, 10 points of damage on a good day, right? You can't do 100 points of damage to a guy with 10 guys in your army. It's just not... That's not how this game works. So you have to keep your... Make sure your your armies are constantly filled, and there are healing items that essentially replenish your armies in the middle of combat you can use. There's... Um, when you go to the combat itself, it is very menu-driven. This game as a whole is very, very menu-driven. Oh, so, yeah, is it ever. Um, so, and we're going to... That's one of my complaints, and we'll get to that in a minute. But in combat, I don't think the menus are too unwieldy. Uh, they just aren't explained very well. This is another game where you must have the manual, period. Without the manual, you cannot do magic, essentially. And magic is a huge part of this game. So when you're in combat, your guys are lined up, and then you get to decide, much like in any other turn-based RPG, what each of your generals tells their army to do. So it's battle which is just fight, and you can pick which of the five other guys or whatever the number of guys on the other side are that you want to target. So if you're smart, you'll send all your guys to attack one general because that's that's smart. Gang up on one person, you can take them out, then they also don't do as much damage, and, and you know, that means that each of them only gets to attack once per turn, so you know, you'll know you get one attack that's coming at you if you can wipe out full generals. So battle is one. Tactic is magic, and we'll get back to tactic in a second. Um, you can defend, which means you'll take half damage from attacks, I think. It doesn't really say what the number is, but it seemed to be about half damage if you defend. And then use an item. If you want to use an item in combat, it's only items you have in your own personal inventory because every general has their own inventory. Uh, again, back to the menus kind of being this nonstop inventory shifting as well. Um, so if, you're, if your general has some healing elixirs or whatever, they can use that in combat with their item option. Um, mm-hmm. If you're Starting combat for the first turn with your main general at the top, you have three additional options. You have all out, which Jeremy had mentioned earlier, I think. Um, all out means it's the same thing as an auto attack. Like in Persona 5, you have to use auto attack, and they just, you know, they won't do any magic or anything. They'll just fight. They'll fight randomly. So if there's five guys on each side, they're not going to gang up like they should if you were telling them to. But otherwise, if you just did battle every time and you told them to, where to attack, some of these random encounter battles take five to ten minutes. Where if you do all out, they take 20 seconds. So you want to use all out as much as you can um, when you know it's going to be a fight that you're not going to have to worry about too much. Because even though you're not using magic and stuff in all out, the enemy does. So it's very quick to to accidentally get wiped out really quickly when you do an all out attack. Uh, thankfully, if if you are in the middle of an all out attack, you can hit the B button, and then once everyone's had a turn, it will go back to letting you put commands in, and you can kind of save that. But it still means later on all out. Uh, is only used for when you know you have the battle won. Otherwise, keep just randomly, you know, telling the game what you want to do. Um, so all out the, the command that the main general can do. Um, retreat, which is 
just what it sounds like, run away like in any game. Um, if you succeed, great, you get out of combat. If you don't, then you get everyone on the other side gets free attacks on you. Again, that's pretty standard for these, but in this game especially, if you're fighting a very large force and you try to run and get away and you fail, you've basically lost. You're not going to succeed. You can keep trying to run away, but it's uh, it's you're probably not going to make it out. And then report. Uh, report lets you look at any general on the other side and look at what their stats are, look to see what magic spells and techniques they have access to. Mm -hmm. um, if you are really into this and run into new generals, because some of them you'll see over and over again that you're fighting against, the report feature is pretty good, because you kind of want to know what magic they can do, because there are some magic spells that if you do not plan for and plan to fight against, they will kill you almost immediately, especially later on. Um, the The combat itself, if there wasn't magic, is pretty straightforward. If, if you have a high strength on your character, because each general has a strength and an intelligence stat, and a good weapon, because you buy weapons for the guys as well. You'll do a lot of damage. If you have a lot of soldiers, you'll end up doing a ton of damage to your soldiers, and you can wipe them out pretty quickly. Um, magic in this game is the tactics option, and is... Did you have <laughs> oh to look God. up how to get magic at first? Because I couldn't figure it out without going back to the manual. That was... This has to be one of the strangest implementations of magic. Now, I get it. They're trying to do the whole, um, you know, strategy thing. It's, it's not a straight-up RPG. But this was something that I was like, wow. Like, once I figured it out, I was like, what in the world was, yeah. is this? Like, just figuring out that each each person or each battalion or army needs a strategist before you can even have them, uh, you know, do the magic for your, your army. And then the actual names of the magic are in Chinese. Yes. <laughs> you don't know what any of them mean unless you have the manual there or look it up like I had to. Because I was like, what? Um, and it, it's, it's just the strangest thing. I, I have never seen this done I this way, even close uh, in another RPG. I, I, I don't know why it had to be done this way. I, it's, it's, this is unusual. This, <laughs> it's different. Um, yeah, but you have to have that manual in it. I, I just, I fucking, I don't know. I, I was checked out. This is one of the things that really checked me out about it. Um, you, have you encountered Jeremy Jeremy P you've played more of these than the two of us and you actually like them <laughs> is is this abnormal this, this a lot of things about this game seem completely abnormal to me a lot of these things are very PC right they're very not PC like oh, we got a very computer fucking, we got a PC ass game on our hands this is a very computer related classic RPG I I, I you had could say it's a PC ass game it is a PC ass game the so the the strategist thing where you have to assign a strategist to your army. So you'll have your, your list of generals that you have active, and you have to set one of them as your strategist. And if they have spells, that's the spells you can use. Each yeah, general yeah. that can do spells, which is about maybe a fourth of the generals in the game, uh, have a different spell list. As you use them and they level up with the rest of your army, they will gain more spells, but you can only know six at a time. So some spells will override other spells, and there's no way to go back in that. So if there's a spell you really liked, and then... You know, I'd say most of the time, the better spell you're going to get is a better spell. And so you're not really going to be sad about it. But there are some, especially in the healing level, where I had a healing spell that did a little bit of healing to everybody. And I was like, awesome, that's great. That saves me a lot of time. Mm -hmm. When I leveled, though, it became just a spell that heals one person a lot. Well, that sucks because you don't want to spend, you know, everyone in your army spending their turn healing because then you're not doing any damage and they're doing yeah. more damage than you're going to heal. It's obnoxious. So having one person be able to heal everybody and then do that two or three times in a battle if I had to, great. I was healing a lot more than that one, quote, better healing spell. But for the most part, the spells are are a hierarchy that makes more sense. You know, you have, you have a fire damage spell. 
and then you'll get a better fire damage spell. And then you have a fire damage spell that hits everybody on one team, and then it does more damage hitting everybody on the other team. So it, it's it, the spells generally it doesn't matter when you when you level them up. But yes, they're all in Chinese, and if you don't have the book, there's nothing in the game that explains what any of those spells do at all, or how much magic points they spell they spend to do it. You have a, a limited amount of magic pool, you know, that's it's technique points. Uh, and so let's say you have 30 technique points. You're like, okay, cool, I'll use this spell that's a regular fire spell, and it takes 10 magic points. You're like, wow, okay, I got three magic, I have three spells. Now, the spells in this game generally are incredibly damaging. They can be really, really powerful. So at the beginning, you're like, okay, you know, this, this general has 300 soldiers. I use the, the early fire spell, and it does 105 damage. That's a pretty good amount. Your soldiers are only doing 20 to 30 when you use a sword, so to take 100 off in a chunk is great. These also seem to have a very high failure rate, and it still uses your magic points when you fail using your magic. And again, every magic use is, someone, is a general's turn. So if they're using magic, they can't attack, defend, use an item, do anything else. They're just the conduit for this magic that's coming off the field. Um, the enemy, when they use magic, doesn't seem to have any limit on technique points. They, they use magic as much as they want, and sometimes that means that they can destroy you. There's a spell later on, and I know neither of you guys got to this spell. Uh, there are some levels in this game, some points where the game kind of ramps up difficulty all, like drastically. Most of the time, it's like a gradual increase, and then there are steps where it's like, oh, crap, as soon as I cross this river, like things are crazy hard. And at the point I'm at now, the general numbers are fine. Like the, the actual generals I'm fighting and the amount of, of soldiers they have is large, but I'm, I'm doing more damage to them because I have better weapons. But they have magic spells that will kill any size army in one shot. And there's nothing you can do about it other than cast one spell that says their spells don't work. And you hopefully cast that before they cast the other spell that wipes out your whole army. It is, it is super frustrating. I die a whole bunch at the point I'm at now because this magic is so crazy hard. But uh, to get back to your question, is this out of the ordinary to have a game where you had to look up spells that weren't named things that make sense is not is a very pc thing the old ultima games or the old exit the old ultima games started like that where you had to like type in the commands for spells on pc and on like okay. commodore 64 and like you needed the manual to know what the names of those spells were they didn't work like it was that's not unheard of but for a nintendo game i'm just surprised there's not like a hit select on the spell and it'll tell you roughly what it does you know other mm -hmm. games from this time frame did that this does not and it's a later nes game 1989 1990 it's not it's not an early nes game um i think my my biggest issue with it is that it's called a strategist you know i i have played strategy games it's you know one of my favorite genres and you know if you're going to have a strategist for a battalion then that usually means like oh you know we can bring up we can do certain um you know, formations or things like that. We can rush, we can defend. Like, that's what your strategist always did. And this being called strategist has absolutely nothing. It's a mage. Yeah. Like, this is, that's what it should be called, mm -hmm. is your mage. Mm -hmm. And that really confused me at first because when I saw those Chinese names, I was like, oh, these must be the, the new formations or something. Maybe I can defend better or something. Like, no, it's a fire spell. So I was like, I, eh, okay, what, whatever, um, you know. But that... It's it's just a strange way of of going about things for if you're trying to implement a more strategy focus into your eight bit RPG. Well, the game itself to to progress the story, it is very linear. It is a, a an open map like you'd see in a Final Fantasy or or Dragon Warrior. Specifically, it looks a lot like Dragon Warrior, but um, but you know, really, these are roads with fortresses on either end towns, villages to go to. There's a few caves that are slightly out of the way, but generally they're not too far out of the way. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to wander. If you just follow the roads, it kind of pushes the story along. There are a few steps where it does say like, oh, you need to go back to this castle and talk to somebody and then you have to go crap. 
what's that castle? I can't figure out which one it is. Thankfully, the, the roads are pretty close together, and after you've cleared an area out and gotten stronger, those other older areas generally don't level up with you. So if you go back to the opening area of the game where you're fighting generals that have 110 warrior, warlords or whatever, uh, and then you have you know, 200,000 on your side, and you're just stomping them. You just get, you know walk through every battle and hit, uh, hit all, all out and just destroy them quickly. Um, so if you do need to go back and find something, I didn't find it to be too obnoxious, but there were a few times where I was like, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. And it was like this small village out of the way that I forgot about to go back. And I had to find a blacksmith at one point and I couldn't figure out where he was. And it turns out he was like up in the mountains in one house that I somehow missed the one path to. And so I had to actually look up where to find that. Um, so the actual storyline is very standard. You're going to walk around like you do in an RPG, run into random encounters. You go into towns where you can buy better weapons and armor. You can buy, you know, items to help you, like healing items, or the, the they're called gull wings, where you can transport to other t temples you've already been to, other castles. Um, you can buy a, a horse in the first town. Uh, first, I was like, oh, that my character is faster. No, a horse is used because as you defeat these generals, there's a chance that you'll capture one, and you can try to convert them to join you. Some say, sure, I'll join you. Some will say, no, I'll never join you, because I only support my warlord or whatever. Some will say, hey, I'll join you if you give me some money. And they say hey, exactly how much money they want. And it's a, a pretty sizable chunk of money. And others say, hey, if you give me a really nice horse, I'll come work for you. So if you have to have uh, one of your characters kind of hold this horse inventory on the off chance that one of the generals will want to join you. Now, why do you want the generals to join you? There's two reasons. One, that's what you actually do in this game to make your army stronger, especially at the beginning. You level up, and your main character and the, the two friends of his will grow their army as they level up. But everybody else until way later, just has a set number of, of members of their army and it never changes. So if they have 250 warriors in their army at, at level 3, they can be level 10, they'll still have 350 warriors in their army. So they're never going to get incredibly stronger. The way to get stronger and stronger in this game is to find new generals and either talk to them in towns and convince them to join you or defeat them in battle and some will come join you. So you have to bribe them or give them a horse or there's actually one that you specifically have to give a special sword to uh, to, to have them join you and that makes your army stronger and stronger. Because if not, you're if you just use your three guys and level them, I guess you could grind very, very slowly and make it so those three guys are extremely strong and the other guys in your army don't matter. But that's going to be the slowest way to play this game. You're constantly cycling through generals. You'll you'll get one, he'll join your army, you'll give him uh, armor and and weapons and stuff, and then, you know, four fights later, you'll get a better general. And you'll look at their stats and you'll say, great, I'm going to switch him out because he has a better strength and he, he has more units in his army. He's a better guy, fit for my army since he's going to do more damage and replace one of the other guys you have. That's what, you know, we talked about I have notes and notes, pages and pages of notes aren't going to come up. I have five pages of what the different general stats Jesus. were. Because every general has a number of men that he has, has a strength stat, an, an intelligence stat. If they have spells, what they are. If uh, some of them, and you don't know this till you actually use them, will gain uh, people in their army as they level. There's not too many of them, but once you find one, then you just use them. You keep them in your army as long as you can, because they're going to be your strongest guys if you do grind at all. You don't have to do a lot of grinding in this game, but if you run away from a lot of combats, you're not going to be as strong as you need to be. If you never run away from a combat and just take all those random encounters and fight, you'll you'll be okay. I think that, you know, the whole finding the generals and stuff, that's pretty cool. Like, I, mm -hmm. that's a neat idea to me. I think that's one of the, the coolest things about the game. It reminds me a lot of Suikoden. Uh, yes. You know, finding all the characters and, and their strengths and things like that. And, you know, again, putting that, a kind of a strategy game and, and mixing it with with an RPG, I, it's, it's a cool idea. I just wish it was you could go a little bit further with it, you know. It's, but it really it really is just kind of finding the characters and and 
you know, oh, they're stronger than this one. So there's no reason to switch in and out. It's like this one is automatically better than the other one. So I don't need this other one anymore. Well, and it's it's you can only have seven generals in your active party, right? Only five will be up on the screen. Then you can have an extra one or two in, in backup. So if one of your generals dies in the next fight, he'll be replaced by one of the other two in your in your group. The rest of them you have to leave in town. You have to basically go to this this counter in town and say, I want to remove a member of my party. And then you can look through all the generals that you've had join you and you can pick one. But you in, in one of my main complaints of this game and one of the things that was hard for me to get used to is the menus in this game are constant and oh, nothing is um, like normally if I was going to go to a, a, a thing where I have 30 generals to go through to say, okay, what's everyone's stat? That's why I wrote everything down because instead you go up to the counter, you're like, I want to look at this general. He's like, sure. And he shows you that general stats. And then the conversation ends and you got to start the conversation with again. What would you like? I want to look at generals. Great. And it gives you a list of 30 generals and you pick the next general in the list and he shows you their stats and then the conversation ends. And then you talk to him again. <laughs> you have to again. So it's like, this sucks. And it's the whole menu system in the game is like that. If you want to, if you want to get a general and give him the best sword, shield, and armor. You have to either buy those items or transfer them one at a time from another person in your army, then go to a hip, you know, item. Scroll down to that character's name. Click the item. Scroll down to equip. It equips it. Great. Goes back to the main menu. Item. Scroll down to the guy you want to hit. You know, find the item you want to have him wear. Equip. Great. So it's like everything takes forever to make sure that you have the generals you want and they have to have the right weapons and armor. Now, I did find that if you don't, if you, if let's say you have seven guys in your army and all of them have the current best armor and weapons, when you say, I want this general to leave and the new general will come in, the game automatically gives that general everything the previous one had. So you mm-hmm. don't need to do that. If you know what's coming, they'll have the items, they'll be equipped, you'll be set to go. I didn't know that. And I wasn't equipping my, my strategist because he wasn't one of the five on combat. So he never had any items. So I would have them give the items to him and then have them leave and come back in and give the items to the new guy. And then I realized later I didn't have to do that. I was wasting a lot of time. Uh, because nothing in the game explains any of this to you. You have to just figure it out. And and the, the going through a wall of generals to figure out which ones you want to use takes forever, which is why I wrote it all down. Um, the other reason you'd want to capture generals other than to make your army better is that once you've had a general join you, they no longer show up as a random encounter. And the, the generals in the, the random encounters are massively stronger and have a lot more army men than the, you know, bandit groups or whatever. Like, you'll find a lot of things for your random encounters are just bandit force. And they'll have 300 guys, 350 guys, whatever. And they never do a ton of damage. They always do, like, 8 damage or 16 damage. Meanwhile, your, your army has, like, 1,000 people in it. So they're going to do 8 each hit. And you're doing 150 each hit. Like, you're, you're just destroying them. They're just, they're just padding. They're just cannon fodder. So when you come up on a force that's just five bandit forces, then you use all out, they'll kill you, you know, you'll kill their guys, I haven't worry about it, great. But if they have one general there, he'll somehow have four times the amount of army, and he does a ton more damage, and he probably has magic, and he's going to make your life harder. So if you can capture that general, he won't just show up randomly as someone you have to fight, and that makes all your random encounters much easier as well. Uh, you can also, uh, can't you, you can use generals to actually, like, employ as, like, people that can make those random rates go down a good deal, right? I do know that maybe this is the same thing I was saying, but they actually figured it out math-wise. It does seem like when you take out the generals that your your random encounters do go down, and maybe that's okay. because every single, like, that general in his army versus the regular bandit guys, maybe they have their own RNG, and so if, if it's just, if all those generals are gone, maybe the ones for the, like, bandit forces is lower. I'm not sure. I did notice, though, as you capture them, 
then the the encounters are less, and when you do get them, it's just bandit force or whatever. It's very easy to fight them. So maybe that is what what that was referring to. Okay, it's fine. I didn't I didn't know for sure. I didn't do it when I was playing. There, it, there's a I lot of stuff sure. in this game that that is not intuitive. And when you look online, there's a lot that people have figured out. For example, uh, if you have a thousand and one men in your army, you'll attack and you'll do, and this number's made up, but you'll do a hundred damage, right? And every time you hit, you'll do around a hundred, 115, 120, whatever. It's, it's slightly randomized, but it gives you a huge chunk. But if you go down to 999 instead of a thousand and one, then you do half that damage. Like every time you are, you go above a, you know, 100, 1000, 10,000, etc. It, it almost doubles your damage, but it's, it's cut and dry. It's not, it doesn't scale up. It's like you hit that, that level of, of men in your army and you immediately do more damage. So if you're fighting against enemies and you realize that like two of them have 10,075 people in their army, you want to immediately just attack each of them once to get them under 10,000. So they do less damage to you. Like there's a lot of little weird mathy things in this game that people have figured out that I thought was really cool, but also it seemed like kind of a, a cheap way to play the game. Once you figure out the math on it, you're like, oh, I can game this. And there was a lot of things where you could like, if you have an arm, a general in your army and you let him go, then a weaker general will always be out in the field as the random, the random encounter guy instead of the strong ones. And you can fight them more often and have less of a problem because you know they're a weaker general. It's, it's crazy the amount of stuff you can do in just the, the capturing generals. And there's a lot of them. I think there's something like 100 different generals you can capture in this game, much like Suikoden. And you can't hold them all. Like, if you, eventually you'll run out of room to have them join your army. I'll start letting guys go. So you like all the, the older, weaker ones, because who cares? But it's just, it's crazy how much you have to do for army management with this, along with trying to follow the story and figure out where to go. But it is, it is extremely repetitive because the encounter rate's so high and because you only fight human beings and it's always the same combat screen no matter where you are. There's never a surprise. Yeah. The music's the same. Like, it's it's, it's very much, it reminds me very much of, of, a, of a PC RPG in that, in that mm-hmm. they just expect you were playing the game because you like it and not to see flashy things. Yeah, and it's the thing. It's just, for me, yeah, at the end of, like I said, it's not really my thing. So I, I kind of rely on... Some frills, and this is no, this is bare bones, no frills, nothing fancy. Uh, hope you're enjoying the fucking gameplay because you're not getting any extras. You know, it's it's it's, I it's fucking it's it's all potatoes and no meat, um, essentially, and uh, meat's meat, and a man's got to fucking eat. They're not giving me enough here to to stick around and, and kind of engage. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm just asking for some fucking backgrounds or maybe change the music up a little bit, depending on the area I'm in or something, because it is, uh, I, but most RP, I, I would call it repetitive, but I mean, most RPGs at heart, um, you know, rely on a good deal of repetition, but it's just, I, I, I think if anything, this kind of taught me how with these games, I just, I hold on to whatever, <laughs> whatever little extras they can give me to, to to distract me or entertain me or whatnot. And when you give me something this bare, I just, I, I, I can't take it. I, I really can't. I found myself just really not enjoying this game. It, it And the it, the attack rate, the encounter rate is much higher than any others. Like, I, I look back on RPGs where I thought, oh, fuck, that's a lot. And this doubles it. So I, you put all those things together and you get a game. I just, I can't, well, one, I can't get into and, and two, it, it just, it feels more, it does that thing 
And like I said, it's one of the worst things I can say about a game. Um, where to me personally, it becomes, it gets to the point where it feels like a chore. And I have to, and I don't put the word chore on a lot of games we do on here. Oh, we got another game that feels like a chore, though, to me. And there's there's not a lot of you know meat to go with those potatoes, but there is a lot of there's potatoes not. here. And if you are someone that just wants potatoes, I mean, there's a hell of a lot to sink your teeth into here. <laughs> it's <laughs> all the potatoes you want. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to really get in here and suss things out, and, and learn the intricacies and all that stuff. I can see how you can have a good time with, with yeah, yeah. what it is. And, and, and you said it best at the beginning. And uh, you spoke for me also. This is just, uh, this is not our kind of game. Um, this is not something that even if it was an excellent, uh, and I'll say for, for myself, even if this was an excellent representation of the genre on an 8-bit system, um, it still would not be my game. And I, I would not have a lot to good to say, a lot of good to say about it. So I mean, I'm sure uh, for some folks, there's a lot of good stuff here, but this this is just not something I can or will ever really get into. But my 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 sticking point is that I think even for what it is and for the limitations and and the hardware, I I don't think it's a good example. Like when we talk about eight bit RPGs, it's not a good example. I think it's a very unique game in what it presents. I mean, it does kind of come across as a mix of a strategy game and a classic RPG. You know, sure. that's what fucking women say when they're not into me. They say, you know, you're, you're a good guy. You're unique. Well, I that's true, but some people are into that. Some people are into unique people, and I like not this game. Not many are, I'll tell you that, <laughs> at least from, uh, I guess I'm talking for myself again. <laughs> this game, I can see why, if, if I would have had this as a kid and I would have taken the time to learn it and gotten past yeah. the immediate, like, oh, I don't like that this is just man. I don't like that this is as, as menu-driven as it is. Like, I, yeah, after yeah, a couple yeah. hours playing this, I was way into going into the general list and make sure I had the best possible guys, To especially once I realized how the techniques worked and the magic worked. I wanted to make sure I had the best magic users with the different spells, and I would look at what they did and make sure if I, you know, if I was fighting certain guys, I'd look at what their generals had. So if I, like, oh, they have a lot of water spells, so I'm going to make sure there's, like, a water protection spell. It seems simple, but it's all stuff that, because it's kind of hard to find that information in the game, it doesn't make it extremely easy to, to realize what menu gets you to wear. I, mm. I, that's why I have so many pages of notes, but I really liked trying to figure out how to maximize my army. And it felt really good to win some of these battles. Like you'll go into a battle where you've got every one of your, your armies has about 5,000 people in it. And I'm fighting armies with 20,000, 30,000 members. And I'm not, I mean, they're, they're tough fights and they're taking me 10, 15 mm -hmm. minutes of real time to go through them. Cause you can't do the auto win or auto, auto battle or you get smoked by magic. And it's just this back and forth and then you win it and you're like yes and you get to, to that next temple or whatever and you can heal your men or you feel much better about it and then you go out and fight an even worse set of guys it, it's it's not a game i want to play for hours and hours at a time because it is so repetitive but the game gives you plenty of places to save it gives you plenty of of kind of the chances to be like yeah i'm going to come back to this later and i can warp back to these towns anyway you know so i can start at whatever mm -hmm. town i want to but i can warp to where this battle is going to be and and it's fun. Now, there are definitely parts that it, it drags, and there are parts where the game tries to do the RPG puzzle thing, and it sucks at it really bad. There's a... a I think I sent a picture to you guys where it's me standing in front of a jail cell, and this guy says, hey, I think the door's loose. You can probably bust it. And the solution to that is just run into it over and over again for five minutes or so. And then it turns out someone figured out if you just tap the button every, like, every two seconds... And it takes like 30 seconds and the, the door will open. But otherwise, if you just have to like walk into it, 
hit the button a bunch. Nothing. It was just like, this sucks. This puzzle is bad. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I would never have known that was a solution, except that it's the only where to. Go, it's the only place you could go was get to this this end. And I was like, mm-hmm. there's got to be something else I'm missing. Am I supposed to like run around in circles and then hit the door or anything else? And it's like, no, you just got to hit the button a bunch, like a lot, a part that wouldn't make any sense. And there's another part where you're supposed to wake up this old magician. Or, or get him to join your army and he's sleeping. After you find him, you have to do this like back and forth across the continent to find him. And eventually he goes back in the house he was supposed to be at from the get-go and he's taking a nap. And it goes up and it's like, hey, he's this guy is sleeping. Do you want to wake him up? Yes or no? And if you, yes, he gets mad at you and says, get out of my house. And you can't talk to him again. He doesn't want to talk to you right then. You have to come back to the house and be sleeping again. If you hit no and, do, and, and hit a button, then someone else that's in the house is like, I'll let him know you guys came by. So I was like, what am I supposed to do? You have to hit no and the game just stalls on that screen for like 20 seconds and then if you don't hit anything he wakes up on his own and says he'll help you it's the most ridiculous puzzle and you again it stops you it does not let you go past the next gate without this guy and the only way to do that is to to like try everything including do nothing just hit no and then just stand Mm -hmm. there which nothing else in the game works like that but this does and nothing gives you a clue that's what you're supposed to do the the puzzles in this game i thought were the most infuriating and i'm glad i had a walkthrough because i was able to figure them out but those would have been stopping points for me if I had this as a kid, I would never have figured out what to do to get that magician to join. I would never have figured out how to open that door. I would have thought, I'm missing an item. I need to get a stronger army. Like, get armies where all my characters have strengths of, like, 2,000 or something. I mean, but I, the solutions are are super dumb, and nothing tells you what they are. So it it's not a perfect game. It's not a great example of 8-bit RPGs. I'd say the original Final Fantasy probably is the best all around, like, here's here's a game where you have a party, and you can kind of make the party mm-hmm. what you want, and you can, you know, you'll get to see fantastic monsters, and it's it's really cool. Great. It's very well done. There's a reason that series still continues today. Uh, this mm-hmm. game is not that streamlined, but what it does offer, a lot of games don't, which I thought was really cool. I, I liked the, the massive amount of generals. I liked having to piece together what to do to kind of get through these battles, and, and I mm-hmm. liked that it felt like a war. It felt like you were... Uh, the story later on in the game gets to the point where you're going back to defend your some of these cities you've already saved from new new armies that get mm-hmm. there. They all say little things to try to explain what's going on. Like I, I really liked it, but I can I, I could tell from the first five minutes of me playing this game was like, this is going to be a podcast where I defend this game for yeah. a solid hour. You don't have to defend it. Um, I, I I can very securely say um, I did not uh, I, I didn't have too good of a time playing this. Um, you know, but it it. The deck was the deck was stacked against it from the start. Let's be honest. Um, it, it's just it's not my deal. Um, it's just not something I appreciated then. It's it's something I have a hard time, you know, appreciating now. I, I can find little things here and there, and yeah, the, the things you talked about this game tries to do um, that are unique uh, you didn't see in the other RPGs. I, I can appreciate it. I, I think at the end of the day, I, that would be it. I have an appreciation for what this game is trying to do uh a respect for you know for what it's doing i can see why people would like it am i ever gonna pick this game up again i'll fucking absolutely not um but you know that's i think i'm gonna stop there because i still think i'm being semi-nice towards it and that's the note i would like to end on (laughs) i i think it's a cool idea you know like you said i think it's unique I don't think I can't really remember too many uh, RPGs like this that tried to combine the whole strategy aspect with you know a straight up RPG. You know, you've got your Final Fantasy Tactics and stuff like that, but that's a tactics game. It's a strategy game. You know, and that's it doesn't really go much further than that. Uh, but you know, this is really trying to to combine some of that really 
that strategy game stuff from like Romance of the Three Kingdoms into a straight up RPG. And it's mm-hmm. such a weird combination the way they've you know squeezed it all together that it it doesn't feel like either thing is really getting to shine. Mm-hmm. You know, if if maybe they had pushed more of that strategy aspect and having like your like a grand battle or something along with like your smaller battles that you're you're constantly having to do in a, in a way that shows that it's more of a grand battle instead of just numbers. Uh, to me, I think maybe that would have been a little bit more attractive if they would have fixed those fucking menus and the inventory management. Ugh. We have played a lot of games that have bad inventory management. I'm, I love inventory management. I'm just going to say that right now. I love that shit. I can sit around on an inventory screen forever. This is not the good way to do it. It is just a complete mess. And after even just an hour of dealing with it, that was the biggest turnoff for me. Like besides, you know, very bland graphics and, and being an eight bit any or eight bit RPG. Those menus, it's just any game that does that, and I have to sit through. It is torture, and it is by far the game's the the worst thing about the game. If you can make it past that, and you like the whole strategy RPG thing mixed with a more traditional RPG. It's a cool thing that they've tried to do, and uh, it, there's a lot there to really get into, and and you know strategize your your generals and things like that. That's neat, but again, I'm just I, I you know what this would have been really good on the Super NES. <laughs> well, it it uh, it didn't do incredibly well in this country. I'm sure the sequel did go out in Japan, Destiny Number Two. It did not come here. It's more of the same uh, on the NES, but that was it. I guess after that. You know, the what's the other Capcom RPG series? Breath of Fire. So I guess they moved on to Breath mm. of Fire after that and went back for a more standard uh, JRPG feel after this game. But it, this is interesting. If you like these kind of games, if you like classic 8-bit RPGs, or especially PC party-based RPGs, this reminds me a lot of, of some, some pre-NES PC RPGs uh, in many ways. It, it's worth checking out. And thank you to our patron, Stevie, for recommending it. Uh, we at least yeah. like talking about it, even if we didn't yeah, all like yeah. playing it. So that's our thoughts on Destiny of an Emperor. Uh, definitely a game not for everyone, but uh, if you do like these kind of games, it's worth checking out. And again, thank you to our patron, Steve V, for picking that for us. If you want us to cover your game, the best way to do that is to go to our Patreon. You can get to that by going to Retrovania.net. There's links there to the Patreon that you can use to make us pick your own game. I'll also get you three bonus episodes a month right now. Uh, it gives you our social media links if you want to follow us on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. But the most important thing on Retrovania.net is at the very bottom mm-hmm. of the page, there's a question form. We can send questions into this show, and we'll answer them like we're going to do right now. We are going to do it, and I apologize for this catastrophe of a male portion of the show, because I haven't really read through a lot of these. Uh, I think I've mentioned on here before that I try to do that to uh, make sure that this isn't a catastrophe, but I'm, I got a good feeling that we got a catastrophe going going with this one. Now, before we get into it, uh, you may remember that the last episode that we ended with a ultimatum of everyone can just eat my ass, um, and uh, <laughs> a few people came in to uh, to let me know that they would actually want to eat ass because they don't want to play Shadows of Destiny. So I'm going to get those <laughs> out of the way real quick. Um, 
I was going to say, you know, we didn't get any recommendations for gas stations, but we did have several people calling me stupid. Stupid. So okay, I don't want to get anybody's good. hopes up, but we might be back on the right timeline here in 2022. So, all right. So uh, first one here comes in from Would Rather Eat Ass, and uh, he he wants to let us know about shadows of shit. <laughs> in a situation where I'd have to do one or the other. Else everyone I love died. I'd eat ass to completion, whatever that means, over playing What's Shadows completion? of Destiny. I don't know. <laughs> over playing Shadows of Destiny to completion. Not trolling. It really is that bad. You, sir, like shitty games. Uh, after that, we got uh, some guy named What, and he's writing in about Shadows of Destiny as well. Wait, something went wrong on my end. It sounded like you liked Shadows of Destiny. Might want to check out your audio feed, as this could be embarrassing. <laughs> and finally, we've got No, and uh, he's writing in about that as well. Liking no. Shadows of Destiny is akin to finding your washing machine sexually attractive. It's fine. It doesn't hurt anyone, but maybe keep it to yourself. Others are going to find it weird. <laughs> I, You know, I'm sorry. I like this game. Uh, it just kind of maybe sounds like you guys, something's wrong. You might need a good multivitamin to realize how good Shadows of Destiny is. So um, that's that's all what, I got to say what, about it. What is completion? I Again, write us back if you want us. I you know, don't write that back. Don't do not keep it to yourself. That's something you keep it to yourself. <laughs> all right, but still. That's we're one curious. for Retrovania After Dark. Yeah, we'll we'll throw that one on that that podcast when it comes around. Uh, but no, it's it's cool little game. I, I think people should play it. I don't know. Is this just something that happened in the last year or something? Because Shadows of Destiny was always fairly highly regarded. It's got a seventy two percent rating on the internet as of today. You know, it's overall reviews. I'm guessing some some fucker on the on YouTube or something just came out with some videos like Shadows of Destiny fuck sucks, and you know that now everybody just goes with that. So uh, I, I don't know what happened. You guys, I maybe you should play it. Maybe you should play Shadows of Destiny. It's a good, it's a good game. Maybe they play should it. have called it Shadows it, of it, Destiny of an Emperor because that would have made it me very excited about the game. Yeah. That's that's one you want to you want to play uh, to completion. <laughs> you find other things to do to completion, uh, but yeah, okay. Uh, it, you guys, I get it. You don't like Shadows of Destiny. I'm sorry. I still like it, though. Anyway, our next question comes in from our good friend, Kay. And he's uh, writing in about disappointing messes that you walked away from. No, hey, crazy oh, kids. I mean, I, that's most of my life at this point, but we'll go with this one. I think it's about video games. Hey, you crazy kids. What are some games that you started playing and rubbed you the wrong way so quickly that you quickly dropped them to never went and never went back? The most recent ones I've had are Mirror's Edge Catalyst, Assassin's Creed mm. Freedom's Cry, and Assassin's Creed Freedom's Cry. I was excited for the Mirror's Edge sequel as I enjoyed the first, yeah. only to find it changed from a linear first-person action yeah. game to an open world. It's like they combined it with Assassin's Creed and took the worst aspects of both. The most egregious offense was a time trial it made me go through where you had an extremely strict time limit to make it through a short section, and if you followed the path it gave you, you couldn't possibly finish. It was trial and error, and the time it took to reload when you'd lost was maddening, and the same woman repeated the same spiel every single time you did it. When I noticed this was going to happen throughout the entire game, I deleted it from my hard drive and never looked back. 
Freedom's Cry is DLC for Assassin's Creed 4 and was free on PS4 Plus at one point, but I couldn't finish the opening mission without game-breaking glitches. Mm -hmm. I fell through the ground, targets would disappear, I'd die for no reason, etc. Even for free, I felt like I'd been cheated. Have Billy post his answer on Discord because I assume he's one... <laughs> Hold on. Let me try that again. It made me laugh. Have Billy post his answer on Discord because I assume he's not on the podcast again. <laughs> Prove oh, me wrong. Eat an ass to completion. <laughs> God damn it, Kate. But no, I uh, that that Mirror's Edge, I can completely uh, get behind him on that one. This might be the one thing that brings us together. Uh, yeah, because I love the first one. Everything about it, from the look of it to the soundtrack uh, to just the movement. And I thought that was a game that played well um, in in the format it was in, which, you know, stages, but, you know, kind of good sized stages. You, you were presented with a couple of options. Uh, it did not need an open world and especially did not need a shittily done open world. Yeah, that was definitely one. I, I hate to bring it up again because God knows we have raked it over the fucking coals. But if you want a game like that that I walked away from... Um, but did come back. It, it's that it's that goddamn fucking Borderlands three. Um, that I got a couple of hours in and and step back. You know, once I realized that it, you know, it was it was done with all the cleverness of a fucking fourth grade class. Um, yeah, it's. Oof. I kept coming back and kept I multiple step aways from it. Multiple times that I tried it and I, I just walked away. Um, I mentioned this a while back when we were talking about games that disappointed us, but that Crackdown 3 um, yeah, was another yeah. one. Thank fuck I played that for free because I, uh, I, I I got maybe 30 minutes in and I was right out. Uh, those are two big ones. I, I, you know, I hate to bring <laughs> Borderlands 3 back into it again, but that definitely. And another one. Um, but this one I did come back to was that that, that Fallout 76. Um, I, I think everybody was probably jarred by that originally. Um, but th that is one I stepped away from for a while. I came back to and uh, actually ended up enjoying myself a, a decent amount. But those are those are three that come to mind. Uh, Crackdown 3 is the one that I, I never, never went back to. So, I mean, that thing's not going to get updated. That thing is not going to is not going to turn around. I mean, Borderlands 3 stayed a pile of shit, too, but, you know, the, the guns were pretty neat. I've I've brought it before. I I don't like Fallout 4. I've tried it a bunch of times. I know mm -hmm. other people love it. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't like it. It's not, it's not well, I, I, to me. I can understand that. And uh, even though I, I would say it's a game that I don't care for, but I will play and I will finish, um, any of the, like, off main number Final Fantasy games, like X2 and 13-2, and uh, with the lightning one, like I, I've tried to play those and I just I lose interest quickly. I'm like, this is just it's not the same. It's even the game like 13 where a lot of people didn't like it, and I there are things I do like about 13. 13 2 just never grabbed me. It just feels like it's like it's just fan service and it's a game that doesn't need to exist. I don't know. Th those are ones where I, I will finish them and I will play them like I, I'm shocked I have not finished X2, but man, it's not it's not good. I guess for me recently, uh, it would have been Cyberpunk. I was super hyped for that game, played it, and it, not because I don't like the game. I, it's just it was so broken that I couldn't finish it. You know, I, I didn't even get close. I got maybe four or five hours in, and I had more crashes and hard crashes and crashes where I lost saves 
uh, or time played or whatever that I, I was like, I can't play this anymore until it gets fixed. And so right now I'm actually just waiting for the next gen release and we'll see if that's a, a better version of it because I would like to play it. I actually, I, you know, I dig the setting. I dig the whole cyberpunk thing. I think it could be a cool game, but it still needs, it, it needed a lot of fixing and I haven't touched it since it originally came out. Uh, definitely Borderlands 3. You know, that was a game that I played for uh, a good deal, and, and just, it, I did not care for it. Did not care. Once that little girl came into it, I was just like, fuck this game. This is horrible. Um, and uh, finally gave it another try. That one did come back over time, you know, once I could just ignore the story and enjoy the game, which the game itself is actually pretty good. Uh, but yeah, that was... Um, that was something else, but mm-hmm. I think the biggest ones for me are the previous two battlefields. I have bought oh, both, yeah. and I have played them for a combined total of maybe two hours. Now that and would be I, this. This would be the latest one in five. That would be the latest. Uh, this twenty forty two and five. Yeah, I, I backed out of five real quick. <laughs> yeah, I did too, because I loved Battlefield One. It was probably oh, my yeah. favorite, favorite Battlefield. Yeah, since I, 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 two. Battlefield One and Bad Company Two. Yeah, yeah, those those are great. I'm I'm a huge Battlefield fan. I have been playing since Battlefield 42 back on the mm-hmm. PC. I played every single one of them, liked most of them, uh, and Battlefield One was was so damn good. It tried something different. Yeah. It was it was such a, a cool game. Yeah, and so I was really hyped for Battlefield Five because it was finally taking it back to World War Two, mm-hmm. and it was just awful, absolutely awful. It felt yeah. awful. The guns felt awful. And so I played it for like an hour and was done. Came back around for 2042 because this was going back to modern times. I was like, all right, let's do this. It's just a big fucking mess. You know, it's, it's, everything is like 128 players. I think they finally put that down to 64 players if you want to, but it's just too fucking big. It feels awful. It's got tons of bugs and it's just not fun to me. It's not Battlefield the way I enjoy Battlefield. Yeah. So I, I have not come back to that at all. Uh, the most fun that thing has is the Battlefield Portal, where you can go in and play previous Battlefield games. I, I had a lot of fun playing the maps from Bad Company, too. And, uh, you know, LL from the original, uh, mm. you know, so that, that's cool. So it, the actual game is trash, but the Portal stuff is pretty cool. But then again, you could just go back and play previous Battlefield games and probably have more fun. But anyway, thank you, Kay, for... Writing in and insulting Billy's attendance once yes, again. thank you. Someone has to. And our next question comes in from Bleeder, and he's got a super important and serious question. He writes in to say, what that mouth do at Subway? Oh, boy. And number two, just a quick PSA for the retro gaming community. There's an app on Android called OpenMW. Install that and the two gig data files from a copy of Elder Scrolls III Morrowind, and you can play one of the best games of all time on your phone. It runs smoother than it did on the Xbox, where I played it originally, loads faster, and the touch controls work surprisingly perfectly. It's the greatest triumph of technology in human history now that we've all learned how dangerous vaccinations and antibiotics antibiotics are. Enjoy. Well, that's great and all, yes. if anyone likes, likes that game. Uh, but Subway, not a fan. I will eat Subway, but it's it's one step above just eating a piece of paper. Yeah, I, I agree. Also, uh and you've you've heard us for a while now. Our 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 culinary tastes are not very discerning, but not a subway guy either. 
I will eat Subway if it's around. I don't hate it. Uh, you know, I, it's I will never the first choice, though. Like, it's yeah. never the first choice, but it's always the first one that's probably closest. And yes, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're you're just getting out of the gym or coming home from work, and you just you know you see a Subway, you're just like, well, I guess. And uh, that's always that's the Subway mentality. Well, I guess. So I don't know. I'll I'll generally get a, a club. If I go in there, they got a pretty good meatball sub. Do you guys have any go-to Subway sandwiches? Uh, the, the, the classic BMT, the Italian sub they have, is fine. It's it's good enough. You get provolone cheese on it instead of their weird American cheese. And uh, and then just lettuce, pickles, and spicy peppers of some kind. I mean, that's I it. Get that, I get the teriyaki chicken with a little bit of cheese on it. And, I mean, that's, you know... Uh, you can't go uh, you can't do it wrong i guess well i mean going to subway other than that though i guess if you're there it's <laughs> yeah. fine again i don't wait i'm i'm actually surprised at you two like we eat some straight up garbage and uh you you two are just so down on subway here it's killing me um i don't even like subway that much i'm just like damn I feel I, bad I, for subway now it's of the sub chains it's probably the worst of them right i i mean firehouse is better <laughs> and uh what's the other one um Jimmy John's, Jimmy John's, and, Jimmy John's uh, Jer- Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's. There's My- one that's open by me. That's a much better sub shop. So you know, the, the only benefit Subway had was that it was five dollar footlongs, but they don't even do that anymore. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's our review of Subway. Well, I guess <laughs> they're oh, going damn, down Subway, because of retrovania. Subway put upon the cross tonight. <laughs> you know what pissed me off? Their latest commercial with you know they kind of re- redid a lot of stuff and. It's like, oh, you know, we got all new new things, you know, we're uh, got new sliced meat, it's thinner or something, new bacon, new sandwiches, stuff like that. Who advertises thinner meat? I, you know, Subway <laughs> does because that's what you do if you're Subway. He, that's all you got going for you. But they, uh, they had this, uh, it was a basketball player, I don't know his name, but they, the actual commercial was just him on there. I mean, like, yeah, I guess Subway's got some new stuff. Uh, we got this and then the fucking commercial ends. And he's like, wait, the commercial's ending. And that was it. They oh. couldn't even take the time. <laughs> they wanted to make, they're making fun of themselves, basically. It's like, well, if, if people want to know, they'll come in uh, and figure <sighs> it out. But still, even that had happened after the changeover, I didn't even recognize anything was different. That's oh. just how Subway is. It's just, always the same, even when they change it. Just new, thinner meat. New, thinner yeah. meat. Deli shit cut way. Shit way. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Bleeder. Uh, we actually didn't even talk about Morrowind, uh, but yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> the only time I played Morrowind was on the Xbox, and that was a very painful experience. I did enjoy the game, because that was one of my first like experiences with a, a really wide-open Western RPG like that, and it was, it was pretty neat. So if there is a better way to play it, um, then, then I'm all for that. So, uh, yes, thank you, Bleeder, for writing in. We aren't the biggest fan of Subway, apparently. Next question comes in from B. Lipton Howard. That's a fancy name. That is a great name. And he wants to, he's writing in about John Candy and Optimus Prime impregnated each other. I take it back. This is not a fancy question at all. (laughs) The planet is dying. You must impregnate one or the other. Which, who do you choose and why? Bonus question. Who would you choose to impregnate you? Wow. These are all, this is a really solid question. Um, I, I promised a catastrophe. Two? So two of them. Th- it was we have to impregnate either Optimus Prime or John Candy. 
the planet is dying. You must impregnate one. Oh wait, you must impregnate one another. Who oh. do each of you choose and why? Oh no, I'm not answering that question. But it's Billy. Oh, um, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't <laughs> that's, uh, that's, a, that's a horrible question. Well, that's what we what's got. John, I promised a catastrophe. What's John Candy have to do with anything? I. Who would you choose? Okay, it's it, the the whole John Candy and Optimus Prime is is what we're focusing on, uh, and that's probably not it. I think they just want a, a fanfic of of us three like fucking each other. <laughs> so, uh, so there's no way and, anyone's ever requested that, and we are not going to deliver on such uh, a, such a promise. I think well, if we get to two hundred, uh, this Patriots. might be a good time. <laughs> this might be a good time to tell you about the brand new fifty dollar tier over on the Patreon. <laughs> Oh, boy. you couldn't impregnate Optimus Prime. I, I think I don't think that's a possibility. It'd have to be. You can't I mean, impregnate John, John Candy. Candy being a male, you couldn't with him either. He's you dead. You can't do any of them. Yeah, You'd really just be it's... fucking them for the sake of it. <laughs> this question, right, is officially the worst we've ever gotten. I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, we've, where this we've gotten we've gotten worse. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, B. Lipton Howard, for writing in. <laughs> Uh, again, I, I promised the <laughs> catastrophe, and, and I have delivered. I didn't didn't even see that one coming. Um, next up is Steve V, and he's he's uh, that, he's a, the, the patron for the show today. All right, there we go. Oh, is this and, is this is, a, is this the apology? Well, I assume him? it's the same Steve V. Admittedly, <laughs> okay. Steve's a fairly right. common name, but we'll go with it. But he's got he's talking about a genre I think we can all agree on, and that is ultimate fishing. Oh, hey oh guys, yeah. Guys, I assume you may be already aware, but considering your fondness for virtual fishing games, I couldn't help but pass along that there's an Ultimate Fishing Simulator bundle available on the Humble Bundle for another few Mm -hmm. days. Full Mm -hmm. disclosure, I have not played this at all and cannot speak to the fact of of whether it's actually any good or not. Um, I didn't actually see that, and I'm going to guess that's not going on right now anymore. But um, I don't... Billy, do you... Well, I guess either of you... And I don't know if we spoke about this before, but do you guys get in like simulator fishing games or do we just kind of stick around with, with more like mini game style fishing I, games? I have delved in um, kind of more sim type fishing games. In fact, can we stop? Hold on. Stop. Uh, you don't have to stop. I think I yeah, I'm not stopping anything. Fucking... We're going <laughs> to. All right, yeah. I'll well, edit the is, shit out of stuff, but I don't stop the thing. Stimulating is, I'm, you know what I mean. Um, no, but I, I, I have tried um, this ultimate. Fi- it sounded very familiar to me. I have played this on the Xbox. Um, this ultimate fishing, and yeah, I, you know, the one thing I find is that um, we all know and love super black bass. Is that uh, except for Jeremy P, who never caught a single fucking fish? Yeah, yeah, that's let's um, remind everyone. But no, yeah, it, it's it's just um, that is that's very close. Like that is close to what um, I guess the more sim like fishing games are. Um, you know, it's I don't like the fishing games, and there are a lot of them. Um, especially I, I made it my task to collect every fishing game on the PS One and PS Two. I don't know why there's two systems. I have countless, uh, but there's a lot of them where you cast out and you immediately get something, right? Immediately. Um, so I, the sim ones, I mean, it's it's it really plays the same. I, I think Super Black Bass set a bar 
um, th th these other fishing games are just catching up on, where it is a little more dependent on the weather. You need to check the weather. Uh, you need to check kind of, you know, how rough the waters are, where you're at, things like that. Uh, and you need to factor all this in when you select your bait. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, this game, I, I remember that game was okay. And I would say just okay. Um, I, it, it is a port to the PC game. I don't know how, uh, you know, maybe the PC game was a little bit better. Um, but no, I, I still think as far as sim fishing games, Super Black Bass is still at the top. I'd say that's, that's, that's definitely a sim. Um, that, that was not an arcade fishing game by far. Um, but this was decent. It's decent enough. It's it's probably the God. I'm trying to think. Um, you know, there's several current gen fishing games, and I just I can't get into. I can't really get into it that much. Yeah, I, I like goofy fishing games. I don't like realistic fishing games because I'm not good at them, as we saw with Black Bass. Uh, once once you actually have to worry about bait and going to the right location and all this other stuff, I'm out. I'm out. I need to be mm -hmm. able to just sit in a boat and put my my pole in the water and then see a very clear circle where I can hit a, a combination of buttons and catch a fish. Then mm -hmm. then I'm in. Mm -hmm. Then I'm in. I, I'm okay with, with sim fishing games. I think my biggest problem with a lot of those sim fishing games is that, is that they really push the whole tournament aspect of it. Yeah, and yeah. I am. You, much want, you want to be left alone. Yeah. You don't I, want a time I, limit on you. Just like the, the reason I fish in real life, I just want to be out in the lake by my damn self and yeah. be pushed to do anything. I, I just, yeah. you know, if I can see the, the wind conditions where I need to fish, I'll do that. That's what I like. But if you got the whole tournament thing coming in, it's like, you got to catch eight pounds of bass in the next three minutes. I'm like, no, fuck you. I don't want to do any of that. So <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I don't really do that. And a lot of those sim fishing games, that's all they do is just the yeah, tournament. Yeah, there's a heavy emphasis on tournaments, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of hard to, to pick and choose between uh, those because you, sometimes you don't realize how tournament heavy they are until you actually mm -hmm. play the game. So that's me. I want to be alone, God damn it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, out that lake. If I fall out the boat and drown, then nobody will ever fucking know. That's right. All right. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Steve. Uh, that's cool. Thanks for letting us know. And, uh, you know, we, we, we probably have more fishing episodes coming up pretty soon to, to talk mm -hmm. about some, some simulation fishing games. Next question comes in from Matt, and he wants to know what our favorite video game story is. Mine, personally, I'd probably have to say the first Last of Us game. The story sucked me in and kept my attention all the way to the end. Plus, one of the best intros to a game I've ever played. Starts off early, hitting you emotionally, and it never stops. At least for me. Also, I love the podcast. Mm, that's a good. That's a strong finish. Um, mine, as far as story, it's. I, I'm going to lump these two together because I think both of them make a tremendous experience. It's Red Dead, Red Dead Redemption One and Two. Um, I think are just phenomenal with the, the storytelling. It's not a complex story, uh, but it's just the way it's delivered. Um, it's the fucking, the, the quality of the voice acting throughout it. I, I just, I just think it's a hell of a story. It's the most, it's the most gripping story I've had in a video game, uh, you know, between both of them. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a high bar set by those. And, you know, and video games are getting to the point. Last of us is a great example. They tell a, you know, tremendous, you know, kind of kind of movie quality story, maybe even more so because you get more time with the characters. Um, but no, I, I, I'm still I got to stand behind that one. Uh, those two games uh, as 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 one um, played, 
You know, you can play them together and get the most out of it, or even just play it on their own. Uh, each one of them is just incredible as far as the story goes. The first Red Dead was was or Red Dead Redemption was, I think at the time I didn't realize how how much I was growing to like love that character. And then when you get to the end of the yeah. game and everything happens, you're like, oh no! And then you get to play. This is not spoilers anymore. I guess where it's you know an old game. Uh, you know, you play then as his son and finish off the end of the game. I was like, yeah. this is incredible. I love this. I, and and I thought yeah. the the second one I was not as big on. I still I beat mm. it and it was fine. Mm -hmm. But. Uh, until you get to again the very end of the game, where you're playing as Marston and doing like the mm. the kind of regular ranch hand stuff again, I was like, now I love this game again. Like now I love this part yeah. of the game. So those are good. Um, recently for me, uh, I don't think I've smiled at a game as, and it was as happy with the ending as I was with Psychonauts two. Um, yeah. Just yeah. it was mm. so good and so self contained. And it referenced the first one enough, where but not to the point where it was like, yeah, this is just more of the same. Like it was it was really good. Like I really loved playing through that, and then. Um, as far as just a game, not the story as much, but just a game where I love the characters and I love playing through it over and over again just to hang out with them is Persona 4. I can play Persona 4 mm. every day and, and just keep mm. cycling through it. And I, for whatever reason, love those characters and will never stop wanting to play it. I guess recently, uh, is Psychonauts 2 is definitely up there. It, uh, Psychonauts is so good at dealing with some pretty hard mental shit in, in such a, a cartoony and whimsical way that it's it's impressive like mm -hmm. you know just mm -hmm. thinking about the original psychonauts and psychonauts 2 mm -hmm. the uh, the mental issues and and things that dealt with are fairly heavy you know you give that to anybody else and they'd be like how in the world am i supposed to mm -hmm. put this into my fun bright uh platformer <laughs> it's just you can't but psychonauts is so damn good at it and and i loved it from beginning to end um really like the god of war storyline um that, yeah, that yeah, really, really good. Of course, Red Dead. You know, I've talked about it several times. Uh, all time, I guess I would say Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, oh, yeah, woo. yeah, that's a good one. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> off the record, uh, Metal Gear Solid Four um, probably as well. But you know, that's one yes, of those things. yes. Only the people that have played all a lot of Metal Gear <laughs> will be like, oh right, yeah, that that's that's the best one. Um, but and, and Silent Hill Two. Again, that's it's one of the all time greats and something mm -hmm. I still think about to this day. So mm -hmm. uh, that's that's just the ones off the top of my head. Love those games, always will. And I, those are the few games I will probably I could play back just because of the story alone and not just because yeah. of how, how well it plays. But yeah, thanks, Matt, for writing in. And our next question comes in from Late to Gaming, and uh, he wants to know about our dream gaming related job. Hey guys, a recent discussion on Discord about jobs made me think about dream jobs, specifically as they related to gaming. If you could be guaranteed to make a comfortable living doing it, what would be your gaming-related dream job? Podcasting, streaming full-time, or competitive Mario Kart racer? Mine would, be, mine would be to open an arcade with a focus on classic games. I'd supplement the income by offering a huge selection of unique sodas and snack-type foods. Nachos, pizza rolls, loads of tater tots, stuff like that. Um, I, I really... Um, uh, the competitive Mario Kart thing sounds fun, but it would not, you know... I mean, it, it wouldn't be fair to whoever else was taking part in it. Ooh. Uh, because fucking... Uh, I mean, you, you know... I, you've listened to me for years. I, 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 I don't, I don't like myself at all. But I will admit, I'm the best fucking Mario Kart racer there is. Billy, do you <laughs> remember that that night that we did a we did a few Mario Kart uh, get-togethers a while back? Yeah, back when it came. Oh, out. I remember. Yeah, 
Yeah, and that they were great. But there were times when, uh, you know, the, our people that came in knew how to play Mario Kart. You know, how we played Mario Kart. <laughs> it was... It was murderous, you know. It was, yes. it was treachery around every every corner. Your yeah. friends, they they weren't your friends anymore. They were your enemies. No, as, no. As the, you know, it went to green. But there were a couple of times where uh, friends were brought in, girlfriends were brought in <laughs> uh, to the mix, and there was and shown night, no mercy. <laughs> I there was one night I felt so damn bad. None at all. Uh, our old friend Terry Eubanks. I don't know if he listens to this podcast or not, but he played with us. He knew how we were. And he had told me before we started, I'm bringing my girlfriend in here. And oh I, my God, I said, yes. okay, she lasted one race. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently she told him, I will never play Mario Kart with any of you again. So it's, I, I just want to let everybody know that if, if you don't think Mario Kart is, a, is just the most murderous game that's ever been created, play it with some people that really get into it. And yeah. your, your life will yeah. be changed. I've spoken to many people who have over the years just thought it was a kid's game and no. nobody cares. Why would anybody over the age of 10 play Mario Kart? Uh, this is why. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's just wanted to throw that out there real quick. Yeah. I, it, it is not a kid's game, but I guarantee if I play against you, you're, you're going to be child's play to me. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's for certain. Uh, but no, I, if I had a dream job that involved, I, you know, I, can I have one where I just like write for a video game and I don't have to really do anything else and I can just sit back and make, make money off of it? It's your dream, man. Your dream. Yeah, I, whatever is the minimal that I can do. <laughs> and just 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 the least. Right? Hey, you don't want a job. Nobody likes having a job. Um, now I actually I, I thought for a while there, and I almost thought in my little my former hometown of Greensboro, North Carolina, we were getting one, but I was a little thrown off that we were getting a uh a gentleman's club slash arcade. Oh no. I, it was, it, it was, it was, uh, it was misrepresented to me. It ended up being like a barcade. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it like... <laughs> what the hell's no, a, I... a gentleman's club or barcade? Like strippers? Well, you know, like... There's yeah, but there's, there's themed costumes. Like maybe there's a Pac-Man night, you know, for people into that shit. Um, but no, the, the the key was, and I remember this, is that, you know, that if you don't want to be bothered, let's say you are in the midst of a game hot and heavy, uh, each arcade game has like a do not disturb button on it that has a light up at the top, and, and people know not to come around you while you're playing. What a bizarre business. It's my fucking dream, okay, buddy? Okay, uh, I, I like the idea. Off, can I not have a dream? Uh, one of us has This to. is America. This is America. It's all we got. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to, to insult your dream. I thought you were talking still about That's this it. other you place. You know what? You know what? You're going to have to go on the Mario Kart track with me now. Oh, boy. It's and I'm going to fucking take it out on you. Long night. Long night ahead of me. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to beat your ass to completion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to get back to the question, uh, you know, if, if we would have been able to find a way to make this podcast and streaming you know, something you can live on. I would love to do that. I mean, I, I like doing this podcast. I really like streaming. I've, I've had a great time doing it. Uh, I'm not doing it nearly enough to say I'm making money on it, but, um, you know, I think that's that's a lot of fun, and that would be more fun for me than working in game development. The actual idea of working on games, I mean, sure, it seems like it's a good idea, but uh, coding sucks, and I hate it, 
And uh, I'd, you know, it'd be great if you could be a game developer, but you're not just going to start being like a guy with ideas. No one, you know, those guys exist already. They don't need you for that. So if I could, if I could make this, you know, if we could make Retrovania become a thing that pays enough money, that would be my dream. Um, uh, that said, the dream has not worked out extremely well. I start a new job in three weeks. So we'll see how it goes. I, I've talked about this with my brother a lot. You know, we, we've always kind of talked about opening up a, a retro video game store. And, you know, that's always kind of been a dream, but that's not really going so well these days. So that would probably last all of a month, maybe, after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to actually get it off the ground. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. I I guess I if, if I could really do anything, I wouldn't mind being a uh, an artist uh, on, on a game or something like that. I think I could do that fairly well and, you know, produce some cool stuff. And then that, that'd be kind of cool. But, um I, I, yeah, I don't know. I've never really thought about it. I, as a kid, I think all of us wanted to be like a, a video game tester. You know, we thought that'd just be the coolest fucking job ever. Just sit around and play video games all day. And until you find out what's actually what that job is and how maddening it can be. So uh, that one went off the table. I don't want to be a programmer. I, I can't do that. And uh, just about everything else. I don't know if I could be part of this uh, gentleman's only uh, barcade that Billy's Come talking on. about. Let's go. I, you know, wouldn't mind doing that. So, Let's yeah. Go. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Late to Gaming, for writing in. Um, we we still got some dreams here and there. Still, uh, they're out there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're few and far between. But you know, we'll we think of them every now and again. They're a little more distant with every day, every year, every year. They just get further away. Anyway, our next question comes in from Metal Dooley, and he's talking about terrible video game ads. Hey guys, first off, thanks for the cool t-shirt. Uh, this isn't just us sending Metal Dooley a t-shirt. This was something that we gave our patrons uh, recently. Uh, you, being a patron also got you a, a free t-shirt that, that we made and sent out to everybody. It's pretty cool. It's like a Burger Time shirt. Anyway, as a guy whose entire wardrobe pretty much consists of a black heavy metal t-shirt, it's by <laughs> far the most colorful item of clothing I've possibly ever owned. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, got me some interesting looks when I wore it to work last week. That's why we do it. Anyway, recently I was reading through some of the old comics from the 90s. On the back cover of, uh, on the back cover of one was an ad for Super Metroid. The text was, and I quote verbatim, Five inch, wait, wait, five different guns, missiles, super missiles, two kinds of bombs, and a change of clothes. Well, she's a girl, remember? Damn, I don't remember that one. That was rough. Uh, it was just such a quintessentially 90s ad that I had to laugh. Just wondering what are the worst, cringiest video game adverts you can remember seeing, old or new. Thanks again for the great podcast and looking forward to what games you'll be covering in 2022. Fucking, oh God. I can give you one specific, and then I can give you a blanket series of ads. The specific one is that fucking scratch and sniff Earthbound ad. Oh that my fucking god, was vomit inducing. It was fucking horrific. I know that's yeah. what they were going for, but I think they went overboard. Um, it's it's awful. It is. I, it it's so strong to that point. I bet if I got that magazine and I got that Nintendo Power out now, it would still the scent would still remain. Um. It's goddamn awful. And I, uh, as a blanket statement, I was not a big fan of the Genesis advertising. Once Genesis decided all they could do was uh, stop, you know, stop pushing things like their own shit and just talk shit about Nintendo for the most part because they realized that they were 
fucking permanently number two and that's all they could do. It was the last few, last few gasps of air from a drowning man. Um, but I, I, I just thought those are fucking stupid and immature and, and not in the way they were going for. And it was desperate from a company that, you know, obviously was desperate. Uh, so, yeah, any of those. But that Earthbound ad has has really I can still smell it to this day. And, you, you know, how you, you know, you have a few scents, like a few smells that, that take you back. And that one takes me back. It doesn't take me back to a good spot, though. Yeah, that was that was terrible. I, I would say that's that's not the same as like a a gross. I mean, it was literally gross because it smelled bad. But like that was just a bad advertising idea. I don't know. I don't think it helped the sales of the game at all. But the ones I'm thinking of are like the gross sex ones, where it was like there's a girl mm. laying on a bed and there's a boy playing a Game Boy, and she's like, "I wish you'd play with me like that." You're like, what the hell's that? It's in the back of a EGM or whatever. Like, why would you throw that ad out there? I bet mean, I know why because they're targeting 13 year old boys. I'm looking at some now just to get like a a reminder. The, the Game Boy more fun than a ferret down your trousers, and it's a kid sitting on a couch playing with a Game Boy with what looks like the back half of a ferret coming out of his pants why would you even think that's that is a good like that's not going to sell a game boy and why would you ever think more fun than a ferret in your pants what a weird set of ads but there's a bunch of those that from that same time frame where it's just like there's a girl in like a bikini or whatever laying on the bed and then there's just shots of video games around her just ridiculous stuff or a super nintendo tennis game ad that had a bare ass in it at one point in time. <laughs> I, I, I swear um yep looking at it right now yeah, there's like a whole Davis ass Cup in a World video Tour. game magazine one time. <laughs> and I remember even as a 10, 11-year-old boy, I was like, what the fuck? It's like, this is a... This, huh? Tennis? What's this got to do with it? I think, like, Nintendo's ads, like, from maybe uh, the middle of the Super NES on through the 64, were just terrible. Like, they were really going for that, that kind of edgy thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I just gross out edgy shit you know like there's that one where it's um uh, for the game boy pocket it's just a bunch of tongues that are laid across two <laughs> two full pages disgusting just absolutely disgusting uh and sega's in there too like don't forget sega they were the, the king of edgy and uh this you know the ad for uh, virtual fighter where like the top of it just says domestic violence and you know it's just you know it's really just going with stuff like that and I think Sega veered more into just being absolutely insane once they got to Saturn. But uh, for the most part, definitely during the 16-bit days, like Sega was was really bad at some of their stuff, trying to be trying to get people's attention. That's all any of this is. It's just trying to get your attention, especially if you're a you know, 13-year-old boy. And uh, getting into the later 90s, if you ever uh, read PC Accelerator magazine, or really any uh, PC mag at the time, but especially PC Accelerator. It was just nothing but like half-naked girls holding up fucking video cards and PC monitors and shit like that. It was it was bad. But, you know, as a kid, I enjoyed it. Besides that goddamn Earthbound one. Fuck that shit. That was the nastiest goddamn shit I ever smelled. And our last question of the night, and it has been a long night, it comes in from William Vacation. I like that name. That's a great name. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's uh, writing in about RPGs, keeping with the theme of this one. There you go. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, I love the podcast. I just found you a few months ago, and I've already caught up on all the episodes. That's a lot of episodes, dude. Are you okay? I know. Are you? Do we need to call someone for you? (laughs) 
What's uh, anyway? He wants uh, wants to know what's your favorite RPG? What do you think's the most underrated RPG in your opinion? Oh, and what's the worst RPG? You guys can go all the way up to current consoles. Thank you guys. Keep up the great work. So as far as the worst, what's um. I mean, we, we just did an episode on it. So there we go. That's very convenient. Uh, but I, I uh, oh, as far as favorites, I have fucking loved that. And I, I think I probably spoke of it a time or two on here. The Lost Odyssey. Yeah, Lost Odyssey's uh, great. Lost Odyssey holds a lot of weight with me as just, it's one of my favorite RPGs. And it's probably also the saddest fucking RPG <laughs> I have ever played. Um, as far as underrated, there was a there's one on the PS2. I forgive me, and don't do what you do with the other two when they mispronounce something. Because I really don't give a shit. Um, I, I, I'm from the fucking south. We mispronounce a lot of things. We even do it on purpose sometimes. So if you send those in, I and keep him with what Jeremy Gregory said. Eat my ass. <laughs> Not even to completion. You only have to to completion, I guess, because I don't know how long that'll take. And I'm a busy guy. Uh, but that uh, that uh. Okagi or Okaji, whichever, whatever it is, Shadow King mm -hmm. on the PS2. Um, I always thought it was really great. It, it had a, it had a really unique style from it uh, to it. It, it kind of had a like a Tim Burton Nightmare Before Christmas esque vibe going for it. I thought the story was really interesting. Um, I, I, I like the characters you can carry throughout. It, it was one of those that that the humor was actually pretty damn good throughout it. I, I thought it was really on point. It actually had some some funny moments to it, and I mean, at, at heart, it it controlled. I mean, it didn't it didn't change the wheel as far as the mechanics go. But I I, I love the the story and the and the presentation of it. And I, I always thought that was a, a, a I don't know if it's underrated or not. I I just you know I've never seen much talk of it after the fact. So, uh, yeah, I guess underrated is tough because there's a lot of games that I think people are you know there there's a niche for that thing i, I don't think this is mm -hmm. the worst by any means but um yeah i i really like um i mean lost odyssey is really good lost odyssey might be one lost odyssey yeah. might be one that a lot of people probably didn't play because it was only mm -hmm. on xbox 360 and mm -hmm. it is it's a very solid if you like final fantasy 10 it plays exactly the same Nominal more game. or less but it's better in every way the characters are good the, the story is interesting. Like Billy said, it's got some sorrow in it. <laughs> Not even just sad parts. Sorrow. Pure sorrow. The whole game is sorrow. It's pure sorrow beginning in. And it's a, but it's it's really good, and it's very pretty, and it's got a lot of, of really neat set pieces yeah. and, and areas you go to. That's a good one. Um, for the PlayStation 2, one that I've, I've started many times and haven't finished, but I really like it. I just keep getting sidetracked. Uh, Rogue Galaxy. Mm. Uh, it's like a almost a Star Warsy style feel, but it's definitely not Star Wars. It's just you know, there's a a kid on a planet that wants to be a space pirate, and he ends up mm. meeting people across the galaxy. It's it's really neat, and it's got uh, like a live action system, like a current you know, <coughs> an active battle system. That's really good. Uh, worst RPG of all time. There's a lot of boring RPGs. There's a lot that I mean, this game we talked about today, I liked, but I can see why people may be on board by it. But that doesn't make it bad. A bad RPG has to have like something that you actively hate, and so I still, despite that, I just finished it for the first time ever. I'm still going to put Final Fantasy VIII as the worst RPG of all time. Oh my god, again! It's the worst. I hate it. <laughs> I, I well, beat it so that I can beat you it. Of that. We'll remind you next year or this year when you're just like, I'm, I got to play some Final Fantasy VIII again. I, I don't mm -hmm. know why I keep doing it. I figured now that I finish it, I can move on forever and never go back to it because. 
It doesn't get any better towards the end. It's still a terrible game. I hate the characters. I hate the systems. I hate everything about it. And and that's just a bad game, right? That there's a lot of boring. Boring is bad too, but actively bad, that's it. That's the worst. Oh, I got I got too many favorites. I mean, I got like Final Fantasy Six, Seven, <laughs> uh, Secret of Mana, Chrono Trigger. Uh, I don't play too many RPGs like lately, but uh, it, it's been a while. But yeah, I mean, those are those are some of the all time favorites. Overlooked Illusion of Gaia on the Super NES is a great mm. little mm. RPG that no one ever talks about. The Breath of the Fire series. On Super NES and PlayStation, those are also great. Capcom decided to make a good RPG, finally. And I guess worst, I man, I don't know. Um, I haven't played too many that I would think were just straight up bad. The Seventh Saga on the Super NES kind of comes up every now and again in my head as something that I would never play again. I always see the the artwork for the box art, and it's kind of neat. But I'm just like, oh god, that that game. I rented it once and, and hated it. But uh, yeah, nothing, nothing too much uh, that I played new that I'm just like super, super crazy about. Besides the Final Fantasy VII remake, that was obviously amazing. But um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I can really think about. Uh, if you gave me another hour, I could probably come up with several more. But <laughs> that's all I can come up with off the top <laughs> of my head. Um, but anyway, uh, it, guys, it's been a rough night. We've, I, I've been pounded to completion overshadow of destiny. Um, we've had to think about who we would impregnate between all of us. And, uh, you know, a lot of it's, it's been a rough night all around. So I think that's going to do it. But again, if you just, you know, if, if you want to do this to us, go to retrovania.net. You can scroll all the way down. There's a contact form. Yes, it is the best contact form on the internet. Fill it out, send it in. And uh, you can you can do whatever you want to us to completion if you want to <laughs> after that. So, uh, again, thanks everybody that wrote in. Thanks for our patron that that gave us this game to play. I forgot its name. <laughs> thanks for it's been a long damn night. Uh, thanks everybody again uh, for actually listening to the show and and participating in all that stuff. We love you even though uh, you you give us terrible questions a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And we will be back with more patron-requested games. Our next two main episodes are also patron-requested games. And our bonus shows for this month are not. They're going to be something we're going to enjoy that we get to pick on our own. Uh, <laughs> last month, we got to do <laughs> we got to do Crazy Taxi. We got to do uh, the episode on Gwent, if you have our patron feed. And, and, uh, and, and on APB and Arcade Game, we get to visit things we wouldn't normally cover on the show on our bonus episodes. So if you like the show and you want more of it, that's the easiest way to go to it, is by going to our Patreon. You can find it at RetroVideo.net. And we will see you next time.